Welcome to Family Room Discussions, where you invite me, Dalton Anderson, to your Come Follow Me study, and we discuss ideas, questions, and insights to the week's lesson. I am not a church historian or a scripture scholar. I am your average saint seeking to build my faith in Christ and deepen my testimony of the gospel and the scriptures, and I have found that by discussing Come Follow Me with others, it helps me to do just that. My sincere hope is that you will allow me to join in your gospel dialogue. With that introduction, let's start this family room discussion. Sisters and brothers, family and friends, this is episode 34, following along with a principle with promise, Doctrine and Covenants, sections 89 to 92. I am super stoked for this particular episode. I have been waiting quite a while to be able to talk about the uh, the scriptures in this and have some thoughts that I've just really been waiting to get uh, to get to because I think it defines these particular sections in sp- particular, in particular, section 89 uh, is where a lot of, I think, um, some great principles of the gospel can be found, and I'm talking far more than just what we should eat or drink, but uh, even deeper than that, how we should be studying and uh, the, the way that we're supposed to be able to take the scriptures and apply them to our lives. This was a, a section that's been very important for me in that regard, and so just been really excited to be able to discuss this, and uh, let's get into it. So, in the introduction, it says, In the school of the prophets, the prophet Joseph Smith taught the elders of Israel about building God's kingdom on earth. They discussed spiritual truths, prayed together, fasted, and prepared to preach the gospel. But there was something about the atmosphere that might seem odd to us today, and it didn't seem right to Emma Smith either. During the meetings, the men smoked and chewed tobacco, which wasn't unusual for the time, but it stained the wood floors black and left a strong odor in the air. Emma shared her concerns with Joseph, and Joseph asked the Lord. The result was a revelation that went far beyond smoke, and tobacco stains. It gave the saints, for generations to come, a principle with promise. Promises of physical health, wisdom, and great treasures of knowledge. I love that part, that last part, because like I said, section 89 has, for me, given me great treasures of knowledge. Now, before we get into uh, the further sections, I'd like to, uh, this suggests seeing saints, so that's what we're actually going to do. In saints, page 168, is that right? Yeah, yeah, 168, and then I'm going to jump around again, but it talks about in the uh, first paragraph here, it says, The Lord emphasized a healthy diet, encouraging the saints to eat grains, herbs, and fruits, and to consume meat sparingly. We'll bring that up. That'll come back up later. He promised blessings of health, knowledge, and strength to, to those who chose to obey. Again, we'll talk about this in a second. The revelation had been declared not as a commandment, but as a caution, which is interesting, and I'll talk again about this in just a second. We're going to go right into the section. Many people would find it hard to give up using these powerful substances, and Joseph did not insist on strict conformity. He continued to drink alcohol occasionally, and he and Emma sometimes drank coffee and tea, which I found interesting. Uh, that's that's interesting context. I did not know that. And so I, I thought that was interesting. I wanted to share because I don't know if you knew that. So in the first section, the word of wisdom is a principle with promise. And now, like I said, Let's get straight into this where it says, when, uh, when the elders in the school of the prophets first heard Joseph Smith read the word of wisdom, they immediately tossed their pipes and plugs of chewing tobacco into the fire. Um, I, I love that. I love that uh, that description of, of that how that happened, whether it did or exactly like that or not. I mean, I'm sure it did. Uh, but the reason I love that is because I feel like that attitude has changed, at least in the generation today. I was speaking of my own generation. Um I mean, do you feel like that happens? That if that if uh, the prophet came out today and told us that some behavior we're doing is 
not right before the Lord or something that we would immediately uh, follow and obey by, in essence, throwing it into the fire. Like I was thinking, what if um, President Nelson came out at the next general conference and said that Netflix is a hindrance to the work of the Lord and so we need to cancel our streaming services like Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, HBO, all of them. They all have to go. Uh, so we can focus more on the Lord. How many people do you think would willingly do that right off the bat? I, I think I would have a tough time. I love watching my my streaming services. And so I just love this attitude where uh, the saints here in particular, when they heard this revelation, the attitude was, how can we obey? Not, how is this going to affect and, and hurt our lives? But how can we obey? And I want to be more like that. That's something I've been thinking about a lot, is how can I be more willingly obedient to revelation as it comes. I know uh, sometimes it can feel like we've received all the revelation that needs to be received, and now we're just waiting for the second coming. But no, that is not the case. We are still receiving revelation and changes. Uh, Come follow me, for example. Um, The changes in curriculum, and I, I know these things are far less about, like, new commandments, but they certainly affect what we're doing. So I, I do feel like these changes count. And uh, even the way we refer to the church, right? We were able to call ourselves Mormons for the longest time, and uh, there had been several talks uh, by many that had encouraged us to be to to use the proper and correct name. And then it wasn't until finally President Nelson said, "No, this is for real. Uh, this isn't just encouragement at this point. This is there are reasons for this, and we encourage all to begin using the proper and full name of the church." that Jesus Christ himself has given, here's the principles why, and now it's up to you to to follow them or not. I know for me that was a big change. Uh, it sounds silly that that was a big change, but I, I love to be efficient when I'm talking, and saying the full name of the church is not efficient. But if the Lord wants me to be using the full name of the church, then gosh darn it, I'm going to. And I have seen the blessings of, of committing myself to doing that. And so with that, like I said, I want to be able to follow this pattern. Going on, it says, at that time, the word of wisdom was considered more of a caution than a commandment. And uh, I'll talk about this once once I read a couple of verses, but the question I have is, when did that change? I didn't look this up. Um, I'm going to do some research after we're done with this podcast because I want to know exactly when that changed, where it shifted more. I do know uh, from stories of church history, um, like when the saints were in Utah, I want to say that even though it was like, like, it wasn't until Utah where that became a pretty, like, big change, where then it was, no, this is now commandment, right? So, I don't know exactly when that change was, but I do know uh, from church history stories that there were still, you know, uh, apostles and church leaders who would drink coffee and tea and, and so on, and it, it was, uh, to my understanding, considered something that they, like, they shouldn't be doing, but it wasn't a like right, like now, right, where that's a question that you have to answer to be able to get a temple recommend. So I don't know when that change occurred, but I do find that interesting. And then uh, perhaps you've already tossed from your life the substances the word of wisdom warns against. But what else can you learn from this revelation? What else indeed the first bullet point says, look for phrases you may have noticed or thought, or uh, you may not have noticed or thought much about before. What do you learn from them? So let's go to the ones I did. First is in verse two, it says, to be sent greeting, not by commandment or constraint, but by revelation of the word of wisdom, showing forth the order and will of God and the temporal salvation of all saints in the last days. So again, my question, it says to be sent by greeting, not by commandment or constraint. When did that change? 
Uh, that's my first question. And then verse three, given for a principle with promise, adapted to the capacity of the weak and the weakest of all saints who are or can be called saints. Meaning there is more to the word of wisdom than just what's revealed in section 89. Okay, that has to be the case because it says given for a principle with promise adapted, adapted to the capacity of the weak and the weakest of all saints, the weakest of us as saints who are or can be called saints. This is table stakes. This is not the full uh the full revelation, if you will. This is not the full uh, word of wisdom. This is just for the weakest of us. If we can't follow this, uh, then we're not able to receive the further light and knowledge that God has to give us. And so for me, I take this and I'm like, okay, so what more is there to these words of wisdom? What more can I be doing? Uh, One thing for me, I know this has been, uh, it's not a real debate because I don't think it actually is a real debate, but I do know this gets thrown around in circles that I'm in, uh, every so often, but caffeine, right? Caffeine's kind of one of those hot topic things because, um, man, I don't know who more than the saints drinks more Dr. Pepper in the world. Like, I feel like uh, Utah, in particular, amongst the the saints, may be the Dr. Pepper capital of the world. Um, And Coke products and and Mountain Dew, uh, man, the amount of Mountain Dew that family, my family and friends are able to put down is, is insane. And so... Uh, for me growing up, caffeine, unfortunately, gives me a huge headache. Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know, but it, it gives me a, a headache. I don't know why that is. I've never really cared to f- figure it out. It doesn't matter to me all that much. But because of this, I just made a decision growing up that I wasn't going to drink caffeine because I didn't want headaches all the time. And then the other concern I had is that it is a slightly addictive substance. Um, same as with McDonald's. McDonald's is incredibly addictive. That's not just a joke. That's actually real. Um, in fast, I found this out I, through some research. I discovered that actually in uh, these foods that are high in fats and sugars and, and all this stuff, that, that there is an actual response, a chemical response that happens in the brain um, when you eat a lot of those foods that triggers when uh, you get a craving, right? It's these craving type foods that can actually trigger where your body just craves it. Uh, and that is definitely the case for me. So the point being here, for me, one of those things I wanted to avoid was caffeine. I didn't want to be able to, uh, I don't know, be hooked on caffeinated beverages. But unfortunately, I didn't make that same decision when it came to McDonald's, which is my, I have a deep love for McDonald's, and I'm trying to to remove that love from my life. Um, but this is, that's just a small thing for me. But I also don't believe that that principle holds across the board. Like I said, this revelation is the table stakes. I think for everyone else, they need to make their own uh, decisions on what is or isn't for them. Uh, like I said, I eat fast food, not terribly often, but I do love it. Anyone that knows me knows that I have, I could tell you can name a restaurant, name any fast food restaurant, and I can immediately tell you my order. I don't need to look at the menu. I know exactly what I will be ordering. And, uh, you don't know exactly what you want to order unless you're a frequent, a frequent flyer, so to speak at these places. And but that's something that I'm not necessarily, like, I'm, I'm proud of it in the sense that it's kind of funny. But I'm not proud of it in the sense of, I don't feel like that's going along the lines of the deep lessons from the word of wisdom. And so I'll talk about this more in a second. In, uh, but this this whole, there's more, this, this concept that I think is important, that there's more to the scriptures than just what's revealed right here. I read something that I kind of found, uh, I, like an irrelevant argument, but... I saw this shared on social media that someone had shared this post from 
again, this person who's a prevalent person on social media amongst Latter-day Saint circles, who I think she's just teaching the words of man mingled with scripture, but she posted, Jesus didn't teach anything about one-piece swimsuits, but he taught a lot about the dangers of being prideful and judging others. Uh, that post, I mean, that's true. I don't remember Jesus t- talking about one-piece swimsuits, uh, but he certainly taught principles about modesty. So that's an asinine argument, in my opinion. Also, I don't think it matters going into the deeper. I think this uh, the, the point of this that post, from what I understood, was uh, to say, don't judge me for how I dress or how I choose to dress, even if it's not with your standards, which I agree, we shouldn't be judging one another. As far as the godly judgment, I do think we need to make our own personal judgments for how we want to uh, dress or grooming standards, just the same as what I'm discussing right now with the word of wisdom, how uh, I make a judgment call for myself that I don't want to drink caffeine. Now, do you think I go and sit at dinner with my friends, and they're drinking caffeine, and I'm thinking, well, you're not going to make it to heaven. No, that's ridiculous. Now, I have had people, when they find out I don't don't drink caffeine, have said, please don't judge me. And I, I don't, don't super understand that because it's just the same as if someone were like, um, I don't go on roller coasters because they make me sick. Uh, okay, like, like, why am I judging you for that? Or why would I expect you to be judging me because I do go on roller coasters? Um, there's this weird cultural thing. I don't know where this comes from. I, I don't, I don't want to call it a church culture thing because it's not. This is just a a worldwide culture thing. You're seeing this all over. People saying, please don't judge me for X, Y, and Z. Or someone makes a a personal opinion, right? We say personal opinions. I think that the color yellow is a weird color. And then somehow that's a me saying anyone who likes that color is is a weird person. I don't really understand the, the jumps in these types of logical statements. Uh, I think that we need to be very careful in the way that we in both interpret and share. For instance, if I said, oh, I don't drink caffeine, and then the dot, dot, dot is, and I don't think anyone else should either. Okay, well, then I could understand how people thought I was judging. But um, I think we can all have lots of space in our life for respect for our own personal individual beliefs. Don't, don't, I mean, do you not agree? And if you don't agree, I would love to know why, uh, genuinely. Uh, because I think... Within the gospel, there's this beautiful space called agency. It's a big space. And uh, too often, I think we believe that the gospel has to be confined to, and I don't know, I don't know who they is, but I'm going to use they in the terms of this group of people that I don't know, but I, I've heard comments and, and theories, and obviously this these lives as, as memes on social media, so I know it's at least from a group of they's, but uh, this belief that the that the only people that can be in the church are these cookie cutter Latter Day Saints. This uh, come out of the box, almost Barbie doll and Ken doll esque type personalities. Uh, for me, I have found that, that that not to be true. I have many friends who I find deeply spiritual, deeply faithful Latter Day Saints, and we are very different in our interests. Uh, interests from ranging from movies we enjoy, music we listen to food we like to eat, on and on and on. There is so much space for individual and, and honestly, for arguments, like, but not arguments in the sense of uh, fighting and and stuff, but just fun, lively debate. One of my dearest friends, Connor, I've had him on the show. Him and I love getting together and discussing why we disagree with one another. And it is some of the most spiritual and deeply meaningful conversations I've ever had. In fact, another thing is, uh, I, I've heard this, I don't know, you know, firsthand, but I've heard off accounts of that the brethren, the the 12 apostles and the first presidency 
often have very strong disagreements, disagreements to the point of, uh, of deep passions flaring out. And I love thinking that that's the case. I don't know. I can't say that I know that for sure, but I love hearing that's the case because that means that there's such a deep brotherly love that exists for arguments and disagreements that they can still look at one another and recognize uh, the deep spiritual and uh, uh, just agency that's allowed to exist, like that we're allowed to have. We're allowed to have differences. Isn't that amazing that we can have differences of opinion and belief? So I don't want to get too far off on this tangent. My point being here, uh, just like Christ did not teach us everything about the word of wisdom in one section of Doctrine and Covenants, just like he didn't need to talk about one-piece swimsuits. And yes, he did talk about the dangers of being prideful and judging others. I will say, if there is a fear you have of being judged by others, I would look inward and ask yourself, why do you have such a fear of what other people are judging you for on this? Because I am a deeply confident person. Uh, when I have a belief and I'm willing to stand by it, I really don't care the judgment that other people heap on me. I don't know if this is a everyone thing or, or not. I just know that when I'm confident in myself, when I'm confident before God, if I am willing to take something to the Lord and say, I will stand by this, it doesn't matter what other people say. And the times that I am not deeply confident in it or that I'm not uh, willing to take my belief to the Lord, it probably means that there is something wrong with that with my belief and I do need to do some personal work and uh, some exploration. So uh, that's just something for anyone who you know, they themselves thought that the that G, the post, Jesus didn't teach anything about one-piece swimsuits, but he taught a lot about dangers of being prideful and judging others. If you were like, I'm jumping on and sharing that, I would recommend looking at what's the, uh, what is your internal feeling of why you're worried about why you need to post something like that? Because true, he didn't post anything, he didn't teach about one-piece swimsuits that I'm aware of, but he certainly did teach things about modesty and uh, dress and appearance and and. If you don't believe me, you can read the strength of youth. It exists in there too. In verse 12 of section 89, it says, Yea, uh, yea, flesh also of beasts and of the fowls of the air. I, the Lord, have ordained for the use of man with thanksgiving. Nevertheless, they are to be used sparingly. My question is, what is sparingly? Because I love meat. I love protein so much. What is sparingly? Um, I don't know. I think that that's a personal, personal thing we need to ask ourselves. At the time, I'm sure it meant one thing, and I think it means another thing now. Not necessarily drastically different things. Um, but I do know that our diet, the modern American diet, consists of a lot of unhealthy things and not a lot of, and, and then a lack of healthy things. <sighs> this is something that I have been deeply struggling with, truly been struggling with, and it's how I know it's the thing that I need to be working on at this time. I've actually, um, at work, we have... Uh, access to personal trainers who are able to help us in, in fitness and stuff. And I've been getting help from a personal trainer this year. Uh, this individual has been helping me to create healthy fitness diet, uh, fitness habits, I should say. And I've been feeling really good this year um, about those, helping me track and be accountable and, and things like that. I've been making healthy changes. The, the one change I've been fighting more than anything is what I eat. And go figure, it turns out that what you eat really does matter to your health. I hate that that's, that's true, but it is a true principle. And so I have asked my personal trainer to help me uh, to, be, to be accountable. I've talked to Lex about helping me be accountable. Again, not something I want to work on. It's really not. But I am 
striving to have the desire to eat healthy and quit eating unhealthy. Because I do want to live the word of wisdom more fully. And the reason is this next part that I'd like to talk about. The next bullet point under that says the Doctrine and Covenant section 89 includes several promises. What do you think these promises mean? This is from verses 18 to 21. In 18, starting, it says, And all saints who remember to keep and do these sayings, walking in obedience to the commandments, shall receive health in their navel and marrow to their bones, and shall find wisdom and great treasures of knowledge, even hidden treasures, and shall run and not be weary, and shall walk and not faint. And I, the Lord, give unto them a promise, that the destroying angels shall pass by them as the children of Israel, and not slay them. Amen. A couple things here. My first is that we cannot skip the promises from the word of wisdom. If I feel like too often in the church, we read the commandments and we fail to read the promises of why the heck we're doing these things. Why are we causing ourselves to sacrifice the delicious bounties of McDonald's hamburgers? Why? And these are the promises why. Same thing for any commandment that could be true. Why do we go to the temple? Why do we make such an effort to find babysitters for our kids, drive to the temple, which for me is only 10 minutes away, but it feels like it's so long after I've had such a long day at work. And now with COVID conditions, we have to plan and schedule a time. Oh my goodness, why do I have to schedule a time? Why do I have to go and take, what, an hour and 15 minutes out of my day, my busy schedule, to go and be able to do service in the church because of the blessings, people. That is why we're doing these things. Too often we just look at the sacrifices we're making or say, I'm sacrificing for the church, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and we never stop and say, what are the blessings in my life? And you see people get burnt out in their service. You see people get burnt out in uh, their callings and going to church and all these things. And I believe at the heart of all of this, at the heart of inactivity and people leaving the church and removing their names from their and all these things, I believe it's because they don't understand the promises and we're not teaching the promises. We are, we should not be a church of guilt. We should not be all about, well, you should do X, Y, and Z. And if not, you're going to hell. Nope. That's not a good enough blessing. It really isn't. And you can see this time and time again, because people are leaving the church. They are leaving and going after it. We need to do a better job as individual members in our families and in our callings of recognizing that it is the blessings that are keeping us here. God shares the blessings. And while, yes, there are plenty of consequences, negative consequences from not following the commandments, those are warnings. Those are not the, the, the reasons why. It's not do this or else. It's do this because of what you receive. And as a warning, though, because he loves us, because anyone that loves us warns us, just like how I warned Flynn not to run out in this, into the street when there's cars because I don't want him to get hit. The same reason the Lord warns us, but more importantly is these blessings. It's these blessings. And so uh, we need to, again, I'm going to read this one more time, go a little slower and point out the blessings that I desire and, and how I believe we can get there. All saints who remember to keep and do these sayings, walking in obedience to the commandments, shall receive health in their navel and marrow to their bones. We have spent the last, what, two years almost now talking about the importance of health in a global pandemic. I want good health. I know what it's like to have bad health. It's horrible, and I don't want bad health. That's an important blessing for me. Also, it says health in the navel, and I gain weight in my belly. That's where I'm gaining the weight. I don't like I don't like not being able to see those six-pack abs that I've got hidden under this, uh, this belly going on, because I do have the abs. They're just hidden. And so I feel like that health in the navel, I also can have a good body. Uh, and shall find wisdom. I want wisdom. I love being wise. I hate making dumb mistakes. 
More wisdom means less dumb mistakes. And great treasures of knowledge. I want to be smarter. I like knowing more than everyone else. Even hidden treasures. And shall run and not be wary. I am the worst at running. And I have my brother-in-law, Zach Bright, who is like a long-distance runner. And he just is able to like run forever and ever. And it feels like he doesn't get tired. And I am so jealous of that. I want that. And shall walk and not faint. Well, I've actually never walked and not faint. I've never walked and faint. But there's a memory I have when I was uh, a young lad. And my mom used to take me and my sister to the mall. And she could just shop all day. And by the end of the day, I would be just dragging behind. And I remember my whole saying when she was like, Don, come on. I was like, I can't. My batteries are depleted like I was some sort of robot. I want to be able to walk in malls forever and not faint. And finally, and I, the Lord give unto them a promise that this, the destroying angel shall pass by them. I don't want to die uh, before my time. And so I want that promise to not die before my time. I'm always ready to go whenever it is my time, but I also don't want to go before my time. Those are important promises for me. And honestly, for me, the biggest thing is I want good health. I am starting to feel the effects of, of bad health decisions. For instance, my knee... <laughs> I, I went to stand up today, literally just an hour ago, and I don't know what happened to my knee, but it is like in a ton of pain. And I know it's because I don't do stretches and I need to stretch. Like I've been exercising, but I'm not stretching. You know, stretching is good. Stretching is really good. It's really important. And so that's one thing I'm recognizing that if I want to be able to have good health, I've got to be able to do the things that I know I need to do. That's what I learned from this word of wisdom. And so... These promises are so vital. And again, I think we need to do a better job at looking for the promises and all the commandments. Not looking at the, well, I'm doing this because, again, trying to avoid hellfire and damnation. No, more than that. What blessings are you receiving for your discipleship? If you can't find those, you will not receive a conversion. I, I genuinely believe that. I do not think you can find conversion until you can understand the blessings that are coming to your life. It's not necessarily about doing it for the blessings, okay? But it's about understanding what blessings are coming to your life so you know what to look for. And you can be able to tell the differences for when you're not receiving those blessings. It helps to be able to key into, okay, so what What am I not doing or what is out of alignment with God? Uh, and the ultimate blessing, which is to return to God and receive and inherit all that he has, those blessings come because we follow every single commandment exactly. And so that's my big takeaway. Those are my big takeaways. And and uh, something that I just could not stop thinking about this entire week. And the next section, it, uh, oh, and actually, sorry, before before I move on to the next section, here's how it concludes. This is modern prophets have also warned of harmful substances and behaviors beyond those mentioned in the words of wisdom. Interesting what I, exactly what I said. There's more than just this revelation. Like there's more to it, okay? And, and so, yes, back to that whole Jesus didn't teach anything about blank, like blah, blah, blah. Right, because we believe in modern revelation. We believe that revelation is continuous. If you don't believe that, uh, then then uh, search the articles of it. But anyway, what are you prompted to do better, uh, to do better to care for your mind and body? Like I said, I am working. Man, guys, I tell you, it's a struggle. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I need I need help. I need help, but I'm going to try and eat healthier. And I hate it. Lex has this, like, just tonight, she made me eat a sandwich from, like, all-grain bread. And the grains are in the crust. It's disgusting. I hate it so much. I just want my my sugary white bread. It's so good. So I'm trying. I am trying. Um, it is a struggle. I gripe about it a lot. I do know that if I just keep on it, I will become converted. 
I know I'm going to feel better and feel healthier. And as I see these blessings, it'll motivate me further. But that's what I am working on personally. But what about you? What are you working on? If you're willing to share, and if not, that's okay. And the next section is the first presidency holds the keys of the kingdom. In section 90, the Lord gave instructions about the ministry and presidency of Joseph Smith, Cindy Reagan, and Frederick G. Williams, members of what we now call the first presidency. What do you learn about the first presidency from verses 1 to 17? And the verse that stuck out to me here was in verse 14. It says, And from time to time, as shall be manifested by the Comforter, receive revelations to unfold the mysteries of the kingdom. Uh, I love how it says from time to time. The reason I love that is because it says that there's a gap, right? It's not like just constant revelation being revealed at all periods of time, although that's certainly a possibility. But what I love is that God does give us time uh, in between to ponder his words, to practice these new messages and these new beliefs, similar to how he gave a time that the word of wisdom wasn't just a commandment at first, uh, but now is. He gave the saints time to be able to practice it, to become converted to it, to see the blessings and then give it as a full commandment to be able to uh, receive the full blessings from the temple. Um, so I really appreciate how the Lord, obviously, as a loving parent, as a perfect parent who knows all things, knows that we need time, and he doesn't just give us message all the time. And so if you're wondering why we're not receiving major revelation every single general conference, it's because we still need time to be able to practice what we have received from the last conference, and we are not that great. If I'm being honest, as a, as a, uh, as a body, as an organization of people, at, at everyone jumping on board every single time new revelation is revealed. Uh, we, we all take time to become converted. And then it goes on to say, review recent me messages from the members of the First Presidency. Now, this is crazy. This just could not be more timely that we are studying this this week and uh, this very last week uh, on August 12th, uh, Thursday, August 12th, 2021, we received this revelation or this message, I should say, from the First Presidency. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, we find ourselves fighting a war against the ravages of COVID-19 and its variants, an unrelenting pandemic. We want to do all we can to limit the spread of these viruses. We know that protection from the diseases they cause can only be achieved by immunizing a very high percentage of the population. To limit exposure to these viruses, we urge the use of face masks in public meetings whenever social distancing is not possible. To provide personal protection from such severe infections, we urge individuals to be vaccinated. Available vaccines are proven to be both safe and effective. We can win this war if everyone will follow the wise and thoughtful recommendations of medical experts and government leaders. Please know of our sincere love and great concern for all of God's children, the First Presidency, Russell M. Nelson, Dallin H. Oaks, and Henry B. Iron. Uh, that came this week. That's crazy because, like I said, it says review recent messages from the members of the First Presidency. That's as recent as it gets. And it says, how did their words unfold the mysteries of the kingdom to you? So uh, I don't know about you, but in my circles, this was quite the, uh, the, the message from our First Presidency. It has stirred um, not a huge like controversial but debate, but certainly a debate amongst uh, my circle and circles. Uh, I saw uh, several people, um, uh, several of my friends posted this, shared this immediately with their own messages. I saw uh, several people share things about the need for personal revelation and how we do need still need personal revelation. I, I agree. Um, I, I saw, I, I have been in discussions with people where they have struggled with this, that this came out, and they are seeking to be able to uh, strive to be obedient. And I've heard other people say that they are seeking personal revelation on how they should implement 
um, this into their lives and, and, and whatnot. And on and on and on. I've, I've heard a lot. I've heard wide varying degrees of, of everything I, I can say. Here's what I believe. Here's what I think, if you cared. Um, number one, I believe that our prophet and his counselors are inspired. I think we all do. I believe that they are the closest to God. As far as, uh, I mean, they speak for the church. And they speak for, they speak the mind and will of Heavenly Father. Um, I think if you read this carefully, that there's been, uh, I have some friends that have been worried about what does this mean for, for agency? Is there agency being taken away? The answer is no. This this uh, this very much to me speaks to agency, the need for agency, the need for personal revelation, honestly. I do not believe that this is a get the vaccine or else you are out of alignment with God's will. I don't, I, that's not what this says to me. Um, if, you, if you're curious, I have gotten the vaccine. I have been vaccinated. I think it is my personal belief that the vaccine is good. The vaccine is, uh, it's helpful. I don't believe it's dangerous. I know that there have been cases where think there have been uh, medical complications for certain people. And uh, certain people who have been vaccinated have gotten COVID still. Um, that is actually how vaccines work. They are not just this cure-all. I, there are, I know there are people who think that they are. They are not. Um, but they are helpful. I genuinely believe from my personal testimony of this and from uh, the articles, like not not just the news, I mean like actual research articles on the vaccine, um, one in particular came out of Israel that I read that thoroughly convinced me that the Pfizer vaccine was good and safe. And so that's the one I went with and got. Um, I also think, so for me personally, I think the vaccine is a good thing. I think it's helpful and it is it is helping I think if you have concerns about the vaccine, I do not think you're silly for that. I think you absolutely have every reason to to have your own personal health concerns. I think we all do. I don't understand the um, this feeling that everyone feels like they need to control other people or that they are pleading with people. Please, you're murdering people. I, I you know, I think this is um these are tough times we live in. I think everyone is trying to make the best possible decision. I genuinely believe that people are good. People are doing the best they can with what they have been given. And the, you know, it's these, it's, it feels like it's two sides, but I don't, I genuinely think we're actually, for the most part, the majority of us are on the same side. We are all trying to do what's best for us and our families and for our communities. I think we're all genuinely good people trying and striving to do the best we can with what we have. That's my testimony. And uh, I know there are extreme opinions out there everywhere. But as we show each other civility, as we listen to one another, as we listen to the concerns people have, I think we're able to, to learn from one another. We're able to achieve the type of Zion uh, paradise that the people of Enoch were able to achieve. I don't believe that it was because they thought the same, because they acted the same. I think it's because they understood what it means to be saints, what it means to live together, to work together, and to see one another as brothers and sisters. That's what we need to be achieving. Now, like I said, is my personal belief that this vaccine is good. Um, I believe it's helping, and I believe it can help all of us. I do not believe, this is another thing that I've heard people say, that when the first presidency says that we can win this war, if everyone will follow the wise and thoughtful recommendations of medical experts and government leaders, I do not believe that they're saying that every medical expert and every government leader is wise okay i don't i don't if you <laughs> i know that there's like 
potential partisan issues here as far as in politics go. Um, I don't believe the first presidency is making a stance on politics. I, I really don't. Um, I think uh, from the from the discussions I have had, not to make this a big, long topic, but from the discussions I've had, as people are able to separate, to pull away um, personal disagreements they have, whether it's with political leaders, whether it's with uh, friends that they disagree with strongly, who are, are preaching one way or the other, as you're able to pull that back and ask yourself, what from this message is for you? Okay, what do you need to take away from your church leader? I believe that God will be able to dis- to to give you the personal revelation that you need, and I believe that's what we should all be striving for. Uh, I don't know if there's more that I could say on that. I think that, like I said, I have I am able to sit in a room with both both uh, opinions here, where people who have told me that they will never get this vaccine, there is no way in France they are getting this vaccine. And I've heard, I've sat in rooms with people who say that people that aren't getting it are killing people. And I'm able to look at them, hear their concerns, and I can love everyone just the same. It doesn't mean I agree with them. It doesn't mean I see exactly eye to eye with them, but I can show them respect and civility. And that, to me, is far more important. This is not a kumbaya message. This is a how we truly, if we are to uh, be able to live together in peace and harmony, which is my greatest concern of what's happening right now. Uh, you can hardly go on social media without finding something that you will strongly disagree with and be like, that's it, I'm just, I'm deleting my social media. It's very difficult, but if we are to live as saints, as friends, as family, we do need to be able to learn how to see one another and hear each other's concerns and recognize that there are reasons for feeling the way that we all feel. And uh, ultimately, as far as, but but as far as listening to our, our prophet and apostles and and their inspired messages, I, I do believe that there is wisdom in uh, taking seriously these concerns from them. So that is my personal belief. And finally, who was Vienna uh, Jax? I, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Vienna Jaques? Uh, the only thing I have to say is that as I read that section, she lived to the age of 96. That is, that is wild to me. Uh, seriously, this woman was born in 1787. Uh, that was like 10 years after our, our nation's founding. So that is a very long life. Uh, sounds like an amazing lady, an amazing woman. And I just thought that was really cool. That is, I believe, all I wanted to share. Uh, like I said, I've been very excited to talk about this, ultimately because uh, of my personal belief that there is more to the scriptures than just what we read, and we receive those hidden messages, those secret treasures that are discussed through personal revelation and, and through obedience. If, if you cannot be obedient to the table stakes of the commandments, then you will never understand and never be able to receive those deeper treasures for yourself. Uh, for me, that is what I'm constantly striving for is those deeper treasures. And uh, I can tell you that I will be striving for those the rest of my life because I'll receive something new. And then, like I said, eating healthy right now, that's the treasure I'm trying to seek after. And I know that I can't receive further uh, light until I'm able to follow this one. So I'm striving so hard but man, those McDonald's french fries just call to me. They sing to my hips. Uh, but anyway, thank you for joining me in this family room discussion. What ideas, questions, or insights did you have from Doctrine and Covenant sections 89 to 92? Until we meet again, have a blessed week.